Hey, I'm Corey. And I'm Lori. And this is the Nourish Circle Podcast. Join the band as we gather in our Nourish Circle and talk all things weight-inclusive, haze, non-diet, and whatever else is nourishing us. Today's episode is brought to you by our Join the Band Teespring store. Click the link in our show notes to check out our badass non-diet dietitian merchandise. Today on the Nourish Circle podcast, I am speaking with Rebecca Scritchfield, the author of The Body Kindness Book. She is a well-being coach, registered dietitian nutritionist, ACSM certified exercise physiologist, And as I mentioned, the author of the book, Body Kindness, Transform Your Health from the Inside Out and Never Say Diet Again, which Publishers Weekly calls a rousing guide to better health and the New York Times book review calls simple and true. Through her weight-inclusive body kindness counseling practice, Rebecca helps people reject diets and body shame to create a better life with workable and interesting self-care goals to fit individuals' needs and preferences, not society's unrealistic weight and beauty standards. It was such a privilege to talk to Rebecca today as we discussed um, her book, the process, some different parts of body kindness that I have found really interesting when I've read it, as well as how we can apply this to our clients. Again, uh, just as a programming note, you're going to hear just my voice, Lori, today on the podcast as Corey is taking some time to work on graduate studies. We really hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, Rebecca. Welcome to the Nourish Circle podcast. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you. Um, I just kind of lightly mentioned before we hit record that um, I've been following your work for a really long time and I'm just so honored that you're able to take a little bit of time out of your day today to chat with me. So thank you. Well, you're very welcome. And I'm grateful that you have a podcast out there because I think it's a wonderful platform to engage in conversation and and, and to help people um, who we we may never meet. So thanks to you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's super Cool. It's one of those things that um, I have a fairly long commute to work and I started listening to podcasts and then I found myself talking to Mm -hmm. the people on the podcast and I was like, Mm -hmm. I should just do this in real life. (laughs) (laughs) So here we are. Yes. Um, So I've been listening to your Body Kindness podcast for a while and I've had your Body Kindness book for about two years. So I want to talk about that. But just before we start, I was wondering if there's any privileges or identities that you are um, open to sharing on the podcast? Yeah, thank you. Um, so I'm a white female. I am thin wow. and able-bodied. I'm cisgender, neurotypical, highly educated with a stable income and in living. And my pronouns are she, hers her. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And would you say you work from like the non-diet health at every size kind of paradigm? Oh, a thousand, a thousand (laughs) percent. Yes. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. I identify as a health at every size informed dietitian um, and body kindness. Really the philosophy came out of uh, what I was learning from the health at every size paradigm um, in around 2007 when I really hit this diet rock bottom in my own life and in um, my work with clients as well. So I'm so, so grateful um, to have health at every size as, as um, a paradigm. And even in the recent years, um, being part of it as uh, ASDA, the owners of health at every size, as they have evolved as an organization to become 
much more centrally social justice oriented. It's been a huge learning opportunity for me. Um, and I always kind of feel a little like, well, I feel pretty bad about how late it is. Like, gosh, I'm really just learning this now, you know, turning 40 something this year. And so, and it's, so there's that element of, hey, you do the best you can with what you have and then you try to do, you try to do better. And, and for me, identifying as someone who's health at every size and formed, um, it means that I, you know, um, and open to not being the expert in everything and also, um, you know, passionate about bringing more inclusivity to what it even means to um, pursue health. Um, and I personally feel like it's much more about enhancing your well being. Um, and then the health at every size element has to do with, you know, given in a world and a culture that doesn't make it um, easily accessible or equally accessible for all. Mm -hmm. You were on the ASDA board um, mm -hmm. a couple of, and then I came in after you. I was on the board after you. Oh, wonderful. I'm yeah. sorry we missed each other, but I, I know. really appreciate your service. I think ASDA is a great organization. Um, you know, and I certainly love people who are members and connecting through the email lists and the conferences I think are great. Um, and it's not just for helping professionals, you know, it's for people who identify as, as fat activists, um, you know, as well. And so I think that there's, you know, it is, it makes sense that if people are curious about understanding um, and possibly embracing health at every size that, um, you know, that you read where they came from, you read about ASDA, you read about the principles and really kind of dig in to have a better understanding of, of what they mean. And ASDA still cranks out really useful blog posts. Yes. Um, they've got free webinars and things like that. So they really offer a nice place to kind of um, approach, you know, conversations, which can sometimes be very um, overwhelming and passionate, um, you know, when humans <laughs> are talking about an issue. Um, and so sometimes we just have to pause and step back and, and let ourselves learn a little bit more and, and seek to understand a little bit better. And I think anyone who's open to learning, then I think you're open to health at every size, then you'll figure out how you want to, um, identify yourself as your personal values as you learn more. Um, so I think that's important to acknowledge too. Yeah. And I think it's wonderful the way you mentioned the social justice component mm -hmm. of it. Um, I think as I'm a dietitian as well, and as dietitians, we don't necessarily get taught that, mm -hmm. um, you know, and the, um, the importance of just even eating and culture and, and access. And, and I can say that it's what I'm, the things I think I've grown as an individual the most with being part of ASDA was just learning so much about the social justice component. Like mm -hmm. I, I felt firmly rooted in Hayes, but then mm -hmm. that part was like, oh no, I'm not. I need. Right. This. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm often talking about like this yes and approach because I think a lot of times when people are struggling to, tr to find their footing, um, like they lose a sense of confidence about how to like, how do I go on with my current job um, if what you're saying to me is true about social determinants of health? And mm -hmm. I more take it as something like a yes and, right? Yeah. So you could even be a dietitian whose full-time job is in a bariatric center, right? And, and I've had like 
people, I feel so embarrassed. I don't know where to turn, but here's an email. And, you know, and like, yeah. so it's important to know and acknowledge that, that, that there's so many factors that go, that go into this. And I believe that understanding and embracing health at every size really is for everybody, no matter what your full-time job is. We could look at all the reasons why through it, who even gets to be a dietitian, that higher education, the money oh, costs yeah. for an internship, the mm -hmm. jobs that are available once you're a dietitian, all the cultural conditioning around size and health. There's, you know, body autonomy that people have. You mm -hmm. know, there's so many factors that get to the point that it's like, yes, and how do I do my day-to-day -day job, whether that's working in food security and in, in WIC, um, you know, in a bariatric clinic and private practice and eating disorder recovery, you know, there's going to be problems no matter where you turn because there's problems in our culture and it, it's, it's not clean. It's very, very messy. Um, and it's more about this tolerance of how do I learn and grow personally and also accept that there are big cultural things that I'm not personally able to change. Mm -hmm. And so that this discomfort that I feel, how do I, you know, let myself learn and grow and move forward in a way where I still can do what is required of me in my day-to-day -day life? Because my own well-being is important too. And and that's where I, you know, I, I just think it's so, so important where it would be more comfortable if things were a little bit more clean cut, but that's not what social justice is at no. all. Um, so we just do, we do the best we can. And I think it's the, the openness, mm -hmm. the openness and curiosity to explore that I think is the key ingredient. Oh, for sure. Um, and I think it's just so beautiful the way you kind of, even in that answer, you can almost like loop it back to body kindness mm -hmm. and the, <laughs> Well, taking care of ourselves and, yeah. and from the inside, right? And, yeah. Um, so I just actually, well, right before we jumped on this call, I was reading your newsletter that you sent out today. Mm -hmm. um, and so your book is three years old. Yes, it is. Yes, that's exciting. <laughs> it's hitting the toddler phase. Yes, I was, <laughs> was going to make that joke and I decided not to, but oh, anyway. But I totally went there. <laughs> it would have landed. It would have landed with you. <laughs> Um, and so I wonder if you could go back to, I'm guessing if it's been published for three years, it's probably been in the works for five, maybe five years ago you started that? Yeah, you're, you're about right. Uh, so it can take a long time to, to get a book out there and es essentially, um, it, you know, if, if I even went back, say to 2007, that was, I was a new dietitian. I was definitely doing what they would call now paradigm straddling, but because it was kind of early-ish in the sort of, I guess, you know, bigger momentum for health at every size and intuitive eating, uh, at least it felt early-ish to me. Like, um, you know, I was one of the first people to be trained as an intuitive eating helping professional and, um, cool. you know, it just, it, um, anyway, I, I was at this rock bottom moment where I felt like in my own life, I was still doing dieting things in the name of health, things that were reinforced in my nutrition training, um, things that I started when I was nine years old. Um, and it just was no longer working for me and the kind of person I wanted to be. I could see difficulties with, um, my family members participating in diet culture, you know, and missing, um, 
the mental health components, the, you know, um, and I, and, and then also with clients, I'm like, here are these clients who have the money resources to come and see me. And I'm putting an armband on them. Be like, okay, we're going to watch, we're going to watch your every move, like the biggest loser. And I honestly thought, 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 thought I was helping people. I really did. And it was like, you could see the writing on the wall when it's like, you have this, you know, woman who has weight concerns and I'm here helping her with quote, healthy weight management, you know, and we're, you know, we're looking at sleep patterns. It's, we don't really need a, a device to do that, right? Or we're yeah. looking at the food intake. We don't need to journal every morsel of food that passes our mouth. And she was actually, not that you have to do this, but she was actually a marathon runner and a, like a kind of a, a jog walker, but you know, she still, she wasn't being inactive. Yeah. And yet she would cry in her hands when she went for pizza on a Friday night with her husband before oh. a Saturday run and her weight went up. And so there are things like that. There were many, many factors. So I was like, I cannot do this again. I cannot do this in my life. And I cannot do this with clients. There has to be a better way. And like my number one question is, well, what do I do if I care about health, but I'm never going to diet again? Because I just could see the nuance right away, right? Like I could see the benefit in movement. And I remember a time when I moved in punishing ways and for weight loss ways. And I remember when that shifted for me and, and that there was power in that, you know, I could see the nuance and like, Hey, there's a lot of things that, you know, that we say as dietitians like have a fruit bowl around that I do that I actually like. I find it helpful yeah. for snacking, you know, and, and, and also when you're following a rule, like say whole 30 that, it, you know, there's like, okay, there's good and bad, you know, types of potatoes. Right. Yeah. And so, so I knew that there was this ugliness to diet culture that was like shape shifting. Um, and it, you know, just the, the, the headache and heartache that was coming into my office and in my own life. And, you know, um, you know, I was, you know, new to ASDA. So I had joined ASDA was really kind of lurking on the listservs to try to learn more, reading health at every size, reading intuitive eating, getting training there. And I really felt like intuitive eating was personally helpful for me. And, but also very specific is an answer to relationship to food and not dieting. Yeah. But I knew from my own life and also everyone coming into my office that humans are very, very complex and we don't just eat. And so we actually care for ourselves. Like we have an inner caregiver mm -hmm. that is a parent to ourselves, that, that, that parents are inner child, that parents are inner teenager and the rebel part, yeah. you know. And so there were these seeds of, I think that there's kind of like a bigger philosophy around what do I do if I don't ever want to diet again? I didn't even have the name body kindness yet. I just, I knew that there was something there that I wanted to write about. And, and I ended up um, getting a meeting with a literary agent and we had a conversation. Interesting. She said to me, have you ever heard of health at every size? I was like, oh, what? You know about I couldn't even believe that. And yeah, but, but she knew about it. And then, so of course I went on a tear and, um, but the short version of the story is, as I said, you know, like, what do we do, right? If there's people who, who feel like they don't know how to take care of their bodies, but they really want to, and that could be at any size or, you know, wants to feel good about going in the produce aisle because they hear from their doctor that it's good for their, you know, their longevity or their bowel movements, you know, but feels like it's triggering reminders of doing Weight Watchers points or, okay or, you know, paleo or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, I knew that there was a bridge that needed 
to take place. And I also really believe in science and, um, you know, it, you know, I was also trained in chemistry and just taught always be a skeptic and everything mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah. um, I really leaned into the science around what did we know about like habit changes around things like motivational interviewing that existed and, you know, just looking at those things, looking at the literature um, and really delving into positive psychology is what I really loved about that field was that we're not looking at these things that bother us inherently as, oh, this is a problem that needs to be fixed and what's wrong with me, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, but more of like things exist for a reason and how can we better change? the way we relate to our um, thoughts and our feelings, like, you know, like not everything is pathological. And so, you know, and it it was just a useful, really useful insight around um, a meaningful life, around, um, you know, happiness as kind of like a fleeting state, kind of like, you know, I would have been the kind of person, you know, it was like, don't ever be sad. Sadness is bad. And then you realize through positive psychology, actually sadness has a reason. Um, And the movie Inside Out also really helped me me (laughs) understand the benefit of sadness, right? So there was like all these things kind of coming together that I was diving in once I got the book deal. And essentially, um, you know, through looking at all that, I said, okay, well, you've got to give something, if you're going to give a language to what do I do if I don't diet, but that there's this well-being, like, what do you think well-being looks like? And I knew from the get-go, and I knew that what very few people who are also in this space were hourly saying around a construct, because even intuitive eating was not saying this at the time. And it was that your health is not your weight, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, you know, you know, that, that, that health could be about your well-being and that there's variabilities in your weight that should not be the central focus and everything like that. And I knew I was going out there with that. Um, this was not going to be like a bait and switch or, you know, I was letting go of the healthy weight management days, you know, and doing all this new stuff and planting my feet firmly, you know, and essentially, um, I had developed the the three pillars of body kindness, um, make choices from a place of love, connect to your body, um, your body's wise, and it can, it's trying to talk to you about what you need and also connect to others um, because your relationships help enhance your life. And then the care pillar is about staying fully committed to caring for yourself because as a human, like not just good days and bad days, but good weeks and bad weeks and good months and bad months, or just like we make mistakes and we try to learn and grow. And so if this idea that we're fully committed to this caring for the, for, for ourselves, like that will, will kind of show up for ourselves and like be in it for the long run, no matter how long this takes, right? This isn't an eight week plan. This is a yeah. full commitment to yourself. Um, and, and so that came out, I thought, really nicely as far as something for people to anchor to. And very much so with respect to the book, um, there was a focus and a push to your dietitian and exercise physiologist. So people are going to pick up, like whatever you title this, right? People are going to pick up something. They're expecting you to talk about food. They're expecting you to talk about exercise. They're expecting you to, t- to give them the to-do list. And I would hear that often from my editor, like Rebecca, you know, people pick up books for the to-do list. What are you going to direct them to do? Author is authoritative. And I would be like, no, 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 because I want them to make decisions. <laughs> and so that's ultimately where a lot of these reflective prompts came into play. I had to find my little Rebecca workarounds and how spiral ups and the reflective prompts came into play. Um, but there, there was a clear decision that, that, that the book you know, 
presentation of body kindness of philosophy would be focused on that question. I care about my health and how do I look at these things and reframe them and make it not about weight, but still think about like healthy eating as a pattern. And so I would say, you know, look, no one can tell you what body kindness is or isn't, but like if you're looking in your plates and you're not seeing that color and you want more color, here are some tips that might help. And if you're feeling like, ooh, that sounds like a food rule, then don't do that. And so for some people, if, you know, it's kind of hard to see the flexibility in a book because you want someone to take a hard line and say, do this. And just, that is not at all what body kindness is much more like a choose your own adventure because only, you know, your values and only, you know, what you're thinking and feeling. And you've got to take a guess of what sounds like body kindness and a better life. Um, and I also think that's the magic and beauty of it. Um, but you know, it is, it definitely was a bit, you know, there were some ups and downs and the challenges as far as the physical book, which is why I love the podcast. Cause I feel like you can blow it out, right? Like body, yeah. community, I could talk about anything there because I'm not limited to a certain number of pages or anything like that. Um, but ultimately how I got to the, to the name body kindness is it was like many things you're on a deadline and they're like, this book is not going to get done unless we get something in the database. It's not going to be in the catalog. And so I had this whole list, you know, my husband took the kids and like most ideas go, you know, I was pouring a glass of wine thinking every idea I had sucked and I had this whole list of things. It, a lot of it ended up becoming the body kindness manifesto. Um, but I, anyway, I was like, if I had to give up all this and I could only keep one. It was be kind to your body. And I was like, oh, what about body kindness? I was like, no, crappy idea. Go to bed, talk to your editor tomorrow. And so, and I didn't even say this is, you know, I want body kindness. What I said was, I said, well, here's this thing I did last night, you know, while drinking Pinot. And um, she's like, yeah, yeah, tell me more, <laughs> you know. And, you know, and I told her exactly what I did. And I said, the one I would not want to get rid of is be kind to your body. And she goes, oh, what about body kindness? And I was like, Ah, that's it. That's it. That's the one that I thought too. And so I, I, I even had re reservations then, but I went with it. She took it to the whole team and people just loved it because they're like, what you hit on was the feeling of what people want more of and they don't know how to get it. So they're gonna buy the book. Mm -hmm. And also because they saw what was in the book, they really saw what I was telling them as like bad news and like, you know, okay, so body kindness is a spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down because now mind you, a book that comes out in January, 2017, mm -hmm. right? And again, there's, you know, fat activism has been going on since the seventies. There, there's been plenty of people, you know, you know, talking about body positivity. So I'm not at all trying to claim any sort of origination, but if you just look in publishing and you look at titles that are published in 2017, it's more, more whole 30, more paleo, more keto, even intermittent fasting was coming out then. And so, you know, my, my book, my book got picked to be reviewed in the New York times book review. So it was a, it was an amazing opportunity. And it was, it was, early in the publishing days. So they wanted the word diet to go in there. And I was like, as long as never goes before it, I'm good. <laughs> and so I got that. And yeah. it's just this idea of, you know, yeah, the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down because it is really hard for people to hear that you can't control your weight or you might need to accept the way that you look, but you can still care for yourself. And so it just, it just landed. And I'm so grateful that it did. First of all, I have the honor and privilege to get to write a book. I 
put all everything I had into it. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that it's catching on with people because I do think that there's this, there's this big gap, no matter where your journey is, um, you know, that there's somebody gets to a point where they remember, but, but what about exercise again? What, you know, or like, what about sleep? And so, and I feel like it's there to catch people, you know, at the right time when they want to think about these things that are actually scientifically based, like there's a scientific basis to movement actually is like an antidepressant. Mm -hmm. Um, but you don't want to lecture. You have to move your body. That's a moral obligation, but at some point you might be interested in, and that's what body kindness helps you do is pursue personally meaningful things you might be interested in. Think about your past, explore kind of what happened and try out some new things and see how it goes. So Anyway, that's the gist. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I have more questions. Um, I, th- I thought it was, there was just so many things that came up in my head while you were talking. Sure. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, so I go back to your book all the time and reread sleep. Mm. Because for me, I'm that queen of busy and always have to go back and kind of read rethink about it because um I think a lot of what diet culture does to bodies as violence and Mm. then your book being kindness it just even that word just resonated so much Mm -hmm. that I think it's um it's just peaceful like it's just there's so much peace in the book that Mm -hmm. um even your colors and now Mm -hmm. I'm rambling and but um so I do I find personally I go back to sleep Mm-hmm. It probably every two months. Um, I probably could recite that chapter by now, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but it's so true. Like you can, I find your book, you can read from cover to cover or you can mm-hmm. split it up and do what you need to do, mm-hmm. which I Dip think yeah. yeah. Lots of people have said that they're, I'm on my fourth reading or listening. You know, I've had people say that they read intuitive eating and certain things click, but then they read body kindness and other things click and they went back to intuitive eating. Then it really clicked. Cause sometimes people don't know like, which one do I do first? And it's like, Hey, you just got to guess. But folks have said getting a stronger inner caregiver has tremendously helped them evolve in their intuitive eating practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had folks who have said, I've read it all the way through and didn't do a single reflection and I was like no like okay I'm gonna go back and do the reflections now um so it all it all just kind of depends the kind of person you are or or what you or what you feel like you can take on but I love hearing that there was a there was an intention to creating something that people thought they could dip in and dip out of Mm -hmm. and my editor was very specific um about trying to make the book look and feel like a journal um, and also mm-hmm. to have the information given that felt like a trusted friend was talking to you. You might be at a coffee shop kind of having a conversation. Um, and, and that I think really came through. And there were definitely times I could think of a time where it was like, I just knew, and it, it, there would be, it would be like something like health at every size was happening. And I would be like, oh, this is an urgent thing, right? I would spend two days writing, going on a walk, reading the words, getting the perfect words because it was going to go in the next submission. And I get it back, you know, with two red lines and just the word unnecessary. And I'm like, no. (laughs) And really, I get what she was doing. It's like there was this certain vibe for body kindness. It was like what I wrote was actually a really good Washington Post article, right? 
Mm-hmm. Not something that would be in a book that five years from then was still going to help people practice body kindness. So I swear by having an excellent editor, which when you get a major publisher, you're going to get an amazing editor that's really going to help you even see things outside of your own personal passion because it was so, you're so hard. Like you want to create, I want to say everything. This might be my only book. And at the end, if you're going to create something helpful, you have to make it digestible. And so everything from the tone, the colors, the way we categorize the chapters. Um, I was very specific in that there were those four parts and the parts evolved because mm-hmm. I personally believe that yes, chronic dieters, we're going to pick it up and like never say diet again. I hit my rock bottom. This sounds awesome. But it's like by the, you know, it's like you get the practical stuff about choices and practical choicings, the things that they really want to hear about. Right. And then you go into emotions. It's like, Ooh, Rebecca's making me a little uncomfortable here, but this is helping me. And then you get to part three about values. It's like, Ooh, you mean I'm in charge. I get to decide how I drive this car the rest of my life. This is awesome. And then part four is about belonging. And it's just sort of like, yeah, you know what? Rebecca's right. There's a lot more to life than how I take up space. And frankly, it's like people couldn't necessarily believe that in the same way if they if 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 I tried to say that like and just throw it all on them in the very beginning so there was a there was kind of this real intention to kind of help people um you know give give a structure and let them take it cover to cover but also dip into what they thought they could mm-hmm. use the most help with yeah that's amazing and i i think it's cool the way you said about Um, you would go back and write things that were probably more relevant at the moment. So I think that's what you do with your podcast, is it not? You come up with like the the hot topics, like when the weight, any Weight Watchers thing or whatever, what do they call now, WW? Or um, like the Peloton ad that just came out this Mm -hmm. week. I'm sure you had thoughts on that. Um, Like you you sent, that was on your podcast or writing. So it's cool that you seem to have, like the book is really an anchor and then you can get, all of that extra kind of with your other media sources. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think so. And I think it's, again, earlier when I was talking about yes and, I think there's a yes and approach to whether you're a helping professional or just, uh, you know, a person who just wants to feel better. And, you know, it's like that, that really that there's, it's not a bad thing to kind of feel like something's not right and that you might want something to change. And, and that might be your mindset. That might be your habits. That might be your mindset that leads to habits. And then that it's okay to say something's not right. And I think I want things to change and that it's not, Oh, because I suck as I am right now. It's like, it's more of a feeling or more of a sensation. And I do think that and we absolutely need more body positivity, more fat activism. Um, I feel like it's almost never going to be enough. I've succumbed to the fact that I'm going to die and we're still going to have weight stigma and that's got to be okay so that I can like breathe every day. Right. Um, But that, that, that there is this overlapping, like, um, like in my mind, I really think about the unfairness of culture and the way that culture makes people's lives harder. And also that, Um, And I feel like, um, you know, like when Lizzo talked about self-care as like a form of Mm -hmm. self-preservation, it's more of like things like that. It's, 
you know, to me, it's a lot less about, oh, if I see someone eating an apple, I think they're participating in diet culture Mm -hmm. or, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to do. So one of the things, I don't know if you saw my social media, but the exorcist stairs from the exorcist movie are in Georgetown, literally one block from where my daughter has her ballet class. So I'm more like, great, she can go and dance and I'm going to do something. And it's challenging and it's also short and it's, and I like it. Right. And yeah. so for me, it's, it checks a lot of boxes, but someone might be like, I don't know, stair climbing. That sounds like diet culture. And I would say, okay, so you've got a right to that thought for you and your life. And so don't do that. Mm-hmm. Create a meaningful relationship to movement that works for you. But to say that if you see someone engaging in something that looks like diet culture to you, that, that must be diet culture to everyone. I just, I just don't know how we're all going to get on with that personally meaningful ways of taking care of ourselves. And yes. you know what I'm saying to that? Yeah, like totally. only individuals know, am I going the stairs saying I suck and I need to burn off whatever, whatever. Yeah. Am I going the stairs because I want a little challenge and I'm going to take a walk break when I need to. And so I encourage anyone to find like, to, to be okay with uncertainty in your own life and kind of find these workable frames and mindsets that really feel like they speak to you. And that to me is how you know you're practicing body kindness in my view. You know, it's so interesting because two things that mm-hmm. your podcasts have actually helped me with, this is turning into a client session, I think, yeah. but I'm no, okay. um, sorry. <laughs> um, one is I like to run and I struggled with running. Mm working in this area a lot because I was like, I thought people, well, and people did, they comment to me about, um, you know, Oh, are you doing that for X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I don't talk. Mm-hmm. I spend all my day talking, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, you know, whatever amount. And I always joke that I'm like the biggest self-care runner. I'm like, Oh, I feel like walking right now. Oh, I feel mm-hmm. like sitting on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, you know, and actually I started to wrap my head around that better after listening to you. Um, talk about stuff like that. So thank you. And the other one was um, you did a whole series on chronic disease. Mm -hmm. I think, what was that like a year and a half or two years ago? Yeah, it was, I want to do this again because it was like body letters. Yes. So people wrote letters to their body and then read them at first and then we unpacked it. And that was that was one of the most personally, like just thinking about it makes a hair stand up on my arms because it was so like, I felt like there was healing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's real important to like have conversations around our relationship to our bodies and have, have healing conversations, um, you know, about what, you know, our bodies don't always work the way that culture says that they should. And yeah. that also feels like a loss. Yeah. I remember pulling over in a parking lot and crying listening to one of them because um, I have Crohn's disease and mm. I wrote a major blog post about it after and actually kind of, I don't, came forward in my universe more yeah. um, and have been doing um, just some social media on medications and stuff because I was like, do you know what? You're, my body doesn't suck. Um, yeah. It's just certain things have to be done differently. Like I can't eat a whole whack of fiber in one day because yeah. that's terrible for me. Yeah. Um, but so those were two things that I just wanted to, you know, announce to the universe that thank you for um, your work that you do and you put out there and you are so generous in the work that you do. Um, has really um, kind of helped me personally and professionally. So there's my online declaration of thank oh, you. <laughs> I, you're making me spiral up. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> 
and but I think it's also one of those things that um, we never know when we do this kind of content the difference mm-hmm. that it makes. At least I find um, we kind of throw it out into the world, and mm-hmm. you know the odd time you hear from somebody, but mm-hmm. not always. Or like I know for me personally, I drive and listen to podcasts, so I can't email someone and say this really inspired me because I'm driving. And then by the time Mm -hmm. I get home, I walk into my life and children and stuff. Right. So, yeah. um, Well, and even that, and you have your list of podcasts that you love, you want to listen to and the list that you actually listen to. And it all sort of depends on how those are going to measure up depending on what else is going on in your life. And so (laughs) I, I, I love, there was a time where I thought about stopping and I feel like it was because that exact thing. I couldn't always measure the impact. I mean, besides downloads, right? Like, and I know that matters, but besides that, and there is definitely a time and money investment to it. And I was like, well, maybe I just decided to stop. And then I realized I wanted to have permission to slow down. And then I never really slowed down and realized, oh my gosh, I'm not going to stop this because it actually really helps me as a person and it helps me with clients. And just to that exact point, I think it's going to help people in ways that I may never hear about. And so instead of stopping, maybe find a workable way that it will fit in. And even when I, I don't expect people to listen to every episode. It's just that I want body kindness to be there for people when they think they need it. And um, I've actually started categorizing out my podcast based on themes. So there, for example, there's a theme of women's health. And in that theme, you'll see some topics of things that tend to impact women um, where you could go in and dig in. And there's also a theme on weight stigma, you know, where you can go in and, and listen, you kind of read the summaries and decide to listen based on that. So, you know, I'm trying to bring some utility that way um, as well. And yeah, it's, there's no plans to stop right now. In fact, Bernie and I, um, we spent all last year kind of doing a learn and grow reflection yeah. because it had been two to three years since he started practicing body kindness and major transformations. He, there was an episode where where he's like, I'm ready to embrace the word fat as a descriptor. And he's like, and Rebecca, I never thought it would get there. He's like, if you told me, Oh, I'm going to make you. And cause that was never my goal. It just happened as an evolution on, and that for him was really healing. We're going to be having some podcast episodes about him dipping back into exercise. And we were together during some of it. And there was trauma history around his movement that we were able to address. And I was with him with some of these group fitness classes that were for helping professionals. And he was called out in a fitness class. Like it was just awful. So yeah, yeah. You're going to have to tune in to get the whole story friend. But, um, but yeah, but just we're, so we're continuing to kind of evolve even in the conversations that we have. And next year, what we plan to do is kind of offer, um, offer more of a check-in with how we're doing with body kindness, kind of living in our lives and answer listener questions in sort of an integrated episode type way because we still get listener questions as well. Um, And really more have topics of the practice of body kindness. And we're going to try to marry it up to the book in a way where it's like, hey, if you happen to be in the intro chapter, these are some things that we talk about um, that you might want to go back to in reference. So we're, um, we're really excited about how we're going. You know, he very much is still relies on me. So we are, we are friends and we met before body kindness even existed. Um, and, but him being on the show really helps him therapeutically and listeners say like, I love you, Rebecca, but I got to tell you when you talk to Bernie, it's like somebody knows what's going on in my mind. So yeah. that people feel really grateful that he's such an open book. Um, oh, he is. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're going to, we're, we're going to keep, we're going to keep going there and, and doing those things. And yes, to your point, when something 
happens that I'm just like, I need to say something, Mm -hmm. um, then I will click on the mic and do something. It reminds me of when the the host of the Today Show decided to do intermittent fasting, it turned out that I was answering a listener question and that was already edited. So all I had to do was like click on the mic to do an intro where I could say, hey, I know that this is relevant because we're seeing this on TV and I just want to point some things out if you're having feelings about it. So I do like to try to use that as a place to be responsive to what's happening culturally and making Mm -hmm. sense of it because I believe that we practice body kindness in a culture that doesn't really want us to, or doesn't really make it easy for us. And that's what I'm, you know, trying to help people do within the culture. Like, let's get angry about what's not fair and everything like that. And also we got to go to bed on time tonight, right? (laughs) How do we keep that self-care going, knowing that that actually strengthens us for the bigger Mm -hmm. social justice things that we want to keep discussing? So cool. Yeah, it was funny. I think I was two days behind on the intermittent fasting thing. And I was like, what is going on? It just kept, <laughs> And then I, I was going through streams on Twitter. I'm like, oh, oh, terrible. Um, yeah, I was a little thrown off. But sometimes I live in my bubble and forget that other people don't live in my bubble. Mm-hmm. It's so good to step outside of your bubble too, because yeah. your listeners are outside of the bubble. Yeah. People who might see you in a counseling setting or in anything that you offer, they are still in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. And to this day, it doesn't matter the inclusivity statements on my page and, you know, do you have weight concerns? Here's what we do. People still come in and sit down and say, yeah, you're not going to like this, but I want to do something about my weight. And and we just kind of have a quick laugh, you know, because they already know that I'm not going to like it. It's like, I'm so yeah. glad you came here. What, what brought you to me? And they'll always say something that they already know that there's something wrong about how they're feeling about it or that there's, they love like what body kind of offers, mm-hmm. but it's like, they need so much help in navigating things. And a lot of what they might say, read that's more social justice on social media doesn't it, it, it helps fuel the anger, but it doesn't really help them with like compassionate solutions. And yeah. so yeah. anyone who's a helping pro, you know, that skill to meet someone where they're at and be a listener first while we hold, you know, we still have our little social justice elements. Like I have, I have a secret thing in my office, my, my clients, they would have to look for it, mm-hmm. but it's a little needle point that I picked up at this, um, this like secondhand store when I was visiting my best friend and it has like an, an eye on it mm-hmm. and above and above and below it says, stay woke. Uh-huh. And oh, I could see it from my chair. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, I can see it from my chair and it's a reminder of all the parts of me that I'm bringing into the room while I remember that when I'm in a counseling scenario, I'm there to listen and hold space for their pain Mm -hmm. and help them make sense of what's the next, what's the next self-care choice I could make here in this situation. Um, And I think it's a critical skill for us to have. Um, And even if we don't help people to understand that, that, um, you know, we have more in common than we have that are different, um, but our differences can carry a lot of pain. Um, I particularly see it in the dietitian space. I feel like there's, you know, you even hear people talk about sides and sides and anger. And, you know, I just, I get angry about enough. Well, I don't chime in on everything, but there's this sort of 
container that I'm trying to hold around. I want to be there for the people who think I'm a fit for them mm-hmm. in a counseling setting or in the book space or in the podcast space or even a clinician, you know, I do supervision. And um, so if people think that I have something to offer, then I want to be there for them. Um, I I hope that what I put out there does help people look at things differently, um, you know, but I can also ex- expect that people aren't for me or my message. Um, and I don't want to feel the obligation that if they're not agreeing with me, that they're a bad human being or that there's, there's something that's wrong with them. I just don't think that they have what they don't have what they need yet to see it. And that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so incredible. I could just talk to you all day. (laughs) Me too. Just saying that. So, but I'm also very mindful of your time and Mm -hmm. I think it's around lunchtime in your side of the world. Yes. I'm ready to get something to eat. (laughs) Um, so just before we end, I like to always ask everyone, um, what's nourishing you now? Mm. Well, so I got to say my kids, um, so Isla is five and a half and Audrey is seven and they are, they're literally, I feel like part of that that greater thing that I was meant to do that I didn't know about when I was growing up or when I was studying to become a dietitian, I feel like they are it in this way. Like I'm not going to be the helicopter parent, I promise, but, but it's this, these little humans that I get to help make sense of the world. And there's a lot of personal healing with my own inner child happening because I grew up food insecure and financially insecure. I didn't have health insurance. Um, I, I, when I saw a doctor, it was the emergency room. So I didn't Mm -hmm. have a pediatrician. I, there was no growth curve. Like, um, you know, so there was a lot of things that, that I have been able to heal. Um, when I had the privilege of earning financial stability and even to the point of like true like economic independence. Um, and it, it's such a privilege to be even be able to get there because I know that the privilege of being a white person helped me get there. Um, and it was not just hard work. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it could be something small that I'm able to do for my kids, um, like help us enjoy, um, baking cookies together on a Saturday and enjoying cookies, that it's the inner child of me that wished that I had lots of memories of baking with my mom Mm -hmm. gets a little bit of healing because I know that my mom always did the best she could with what she had, but she was a a waitress to feed five kids. And so she worked double shifts, evenings and weekends. And she didn't have a lot of time to like bake cookies, you know? Um, so there's all this healing that's happening that is so nourishing. Um, sometimes I refer to it as like breaking the chain or, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of like righting wrongs and it's not in a blame way at all. It's more of like really building this meaningful and purposeful life that's even outside of career right? Even outside of what's the next book? What's the next big thing? It's to be able to step back and hug my daughters and just be engaged in life. And there could be bad things happening and, you know, all around and to look for the good and let, let the good be there and know that that's part of what helps build a resilience to handle some of 
life's difficulties. So, so that's, that's very, very nourishing to me. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, so where could our listeners find you? Well, best spot, it would be website. So bodykindnessbook.com, um, is you'll get my social handles and all that stuff. Um, you can click from the homepage. It's like get started. And from there it's, you give your name and email. What's really awesome about that is there's a free kind of beginning program. So you'll get to read the first chapter of body kindness before you even buy it. Um, but there's also a video. It's great for chronic dieters because it's about breaking health rules and this reflective guide you can do. Then I also tell you a little bit more about the philosophy, how it came to be kind of, you know, kind of, um, check in with you. Um, you know, for a couple weeks while you're getting to know about the philosophy. Um, and yeah, so I would highly encourage you to check that out. Follow me on the different social platforms and everything. And I hope if the book speaks to you that you'll um, pick it up. I do offer signed copies um, that's U.S. and includes the shipping. So that's bodykindnessbook.com slash order. If you would like me to write a message, um, I'm happy to do that. Oh, cool. I didn't realize you did that. Awesome. Yes. Bulk discounts too, friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in Canada, so. Oh, darn. But you can get it on Amazon and on Audible and everything like that. Yeah, yes. it's so much harder to send books to Canada because of the customs. Yes, I know. It's so much harder to do the sign books. I will do book plates for that. So like, it's a sticker. So here's oh, okay. your sticker and then you paste it in your book. But oh, the best okay. I can do for international <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You are awesome and the world is so lucky to have you. So I so appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Well, thank you for having me. And have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Nourish Circle. Don't forget to like us on iTunes or Spotify and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. (laughs) 